Good morning. Good morning, everybody. This is your Friday edition of Down and Dirty. I'm one of your co-hosts, Mario Nunez, seated alongside my broadcast partner. Good morning, Mario. John Dingfelder. How are you, sir? I'm good, but I got to ask you. You're looking good. Thank you, buddy. I got to ask ask you, pal, and I feel marvelous. And you know it's better to look good (laughs) than to feel good. I'll tell you what. What are you doing in short pants over here in the studio, I love this weather. I love this weather. No, but this weather, listen, it's a little too too cool, a little too damp (laughs) to be like that. Didn't your mother always say, you're going to catch a cold? Mm, Nah. I know. That's a a wives' tale. Wash your hair, you go out with your hair wet. The next thing you know, mom's yelling at you, put on your jacket. Shout out to our moms. We, we're both yeah. very blessed. We both have, uh, Still have beautiful here moms. You got your dad. Yeah, no, I know it. I know. And they're listening now. So, hey, mom, hey, dad, it's Friday. It's a happy Friday. We got a good show lined up. The last week I wasn't here. I was I was on sabbatical for a week. We missed you. You, you managed it, we you managed it you. without me. We survived. Me. We, right. survived. Right. We, had a, we had an excellent show with the... Tampa Bay Times reporter and a couple of other good friends talking about affordable housing. If people want to catch that show, they can actually pull it up on WMNF.org or .org. It's in the archives. It is. It's right there. You can like sort of podcast it or something or other. All of our shows are always in the archives. And we need to remind people of that because we don't do a good enough job of, of letting them know that if you like this week's show, you might like a show that we did in the past, and we, we cover a wide variety of issues here. We like to get down and dirty. Sometimes we don't get so down and so dirty, but we do like to ask the hard-hitting questions, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I, I, I think we do. We try hard, and uh, boy, this week we had some crazy news uh, in the state attorney's office, huh? Well, we could talk about that, and we can talk about that with our guest this week. Before, yeah. we, before we do introduce our guest, let me also say that as the weather continues to get funkier and funkier, uh, we have an anniversary coming up next week, next Friday, in fact. It will be, let me see, 77 to, it's like 47 years. Is that even possible? 47 years ago that it snowed here in Tampa. Those of you that are from here might remember that uh, spectacular day that, that uh, most of us that were here will never forget. Because yeah, I, was, it, I was it, in Gainesville, I think. And it snowed and in, it snowed it snowed in all, Gainesville. It flur- they had flurries in Miami. And the reason I'm mentioning that is because next Friday we're going to have uh, former uh, WTVT Channel 13, Fox 13 meteorologist Andy Johnson on with us to talk about all things weather. Is he predicting snow? No, but I am. I am right now. I'm going out on a limb, and I'm going to say, listen, 47 years is enough. Let's do it. Let's let snow. And you know what? It's going to be cold. There's another Arctic blast oh, that's going to get That's down, all and all we need is just, it's got to be cold enough. We know it's going to be wet because we're in an El Nino year, right? I might so, have to put on my long pants. Come on, long johns. All <laughs> right, Johnny. Johns. So who's our guest today, John? Uh, okay, so we have Craig Latimer, a fantastic uh, uh, supervisor of elections. Here, here. And, uh, and, and Jerry Kramer, who does, P, I guess, PIO. and Chief, all, Chief Communications Office. All things communication. Right. We're so, uh, and Craig, by the way, is Hillsborough County Supervisor Correct. of Elections. And, uh, you know, Craig, um, as I was driving over, and not to be morose or, or sad or anything, but as I was driving over, I was thinking about our good friend, Phyllis Bizanski. And uh, I think we should give a, a shout out in a minute or two to talk about Phyllis. And, and that's kind of how you ended up in, the, in this position. But it is. Uh, our good friend, Phyllis Bizanski, has served uh, at least eight years, I think, on uh, Hillsborough County Commission. And then she saw an opportunity to do a good job over there as supervisor of elections. She, she uh, got elected and then tragically uh, passed away shortly, very shortly thereafter. And Craig, you had joined her on the campaign trail, I believe, and then uh, 
What were you, chief of staff? Yeah, so I had a little bit of a history with Phyllis. Um, you know, I spent uh, my first job 35 years with the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office. And I actually got assigned to Phyllis when she was on the county commission oh. because she wanted to uh, really change how the juvenile justice system was. Mm-hmm. Champion. And so uh, I ended up in a, a blue ribbon panel, and that's what uh, split the Department of Juvenile Justice and the Department of Children and Families out of the old HRS. That's how I got to know her. And I uh, had just stayed in contact with her over the years. And then um, I was getting ready to retire, and she was getting ready to run for office. And so it uh, kind of worked out for us, and she br- did bring me on as her chief of staff then. The great thing about Phyllis was when she took on a task, she took it on a thousand percent. She, um, uh, I got to know, well, I got to know Phyllis. I was working in the county attorney's office at the time, and we just hit it off, you know, tremendously, whatever the issue was. But one, one, she knew I had a background in agriculture. I had two degrees in agriculture before I went to law school, and, and she was very, very concerned about farm worker housing. And she said, you know, in the typical Phyllis way with her arms flapping in the wind, you know, she said, John, she grabs me by the shoulder. She goes, this is going to be your mission. And she created the Farm Worker Housing Task Force, and we created a nonprofit and and this and that. And she just had that kind of enthusiasm no matter what she took on. The meeting I was at was at the Children's Board when I was getting ready to retire. And she was there doing a presentation on human trafficking. Mm -hmm. Now, that was in 2008. Absolutely. Um, you know, so, I mean, she was always on the cutting edge and, and really... Oh, and then healthcare. She was yeah. all over healthcare, too. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, I just... Uh, the not Busansky to be morose. Center, the Busansky Center that's named in her honor. Yeah, the senior that, Center. Uh, senior, senior Center, center that my parents there. enjoyed going there for many years. And, Behind and Home Depot. Right, there. right there on, on uh, Spruce Street. Yeah. Spruce Street and, and kind of... I guess they call that area now Midtown. It's not quite West Tampa. It's a little bit west of West yeah. Tampa, but it's not quite West Shore. I don't know. We have an identity crisis. City. I don't... It's not Lincoln Gardens. <laughs> I don't remember where I grew up anymore. Yes, I do. Broadmoor Park. Look it up. It's an actual plat in the city of Tampa. Look We're excited crazy. to have you here and excited to have Jerry here as well. Yeah, Craig, you took over uh, what year then? So I was elected in uh, 2012, so started my uh, my first term in 2013 mm-hmm. and then re-elected in 16 and 20 without any opposition and um, running again. Yeah. And Jerry, when did you come on board? In 2013. Okay. So right after Craig took Oh, very good. And Craig, you're a long time Tampeño. Can we can we assess that? Can we yeah, can we talk a little bit of, Yeah, we want to talk yeah. about we want to connect you to the soil here, not just to the, to your to your function as a supervisor of elections, which is one of the most important jobs especially in this environment that we're seeing today. But we want to we want to talk let's let's establish your your street credibility, brother. Where did you go to school? Uh yeah, so I, I went to uh, Christ the King and then Tampa Catholic. There you go. And uh, then of course USF graduated from there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I've been here so long. My uh, my father was actually your pops. First, yeah, talk first about your anchor pop? for Channel Eight when there he radio to TV. Wow. <laughs> uh, so you know, I I grew up in the uh, the station over there on Jackson Street. That's a school now, and I uh, just remember, you know, I was just constantly down there with my dad, and it uh, kind of shook me one day. He was getting ready to go on the air, and he went in the bathroom and he started putting on my mom's makeup. <laughs> and I, you know, I was young. I didn't know what he was doing. I got really confused. I didn't realize it was just to get the glare off of his, uh, That's right. his forehead. So. <laughs> the guys wore that pancake makeup back yeah. in those days, and we didn't know what that was. So, yeah. so you grew up here. Did you did you miss the time when we had Shock Armstrong? Did you were you just a little too young for all of that? But you got all of Doctor uh, Paul Bear. I'm yeah, assuming. Yeah, remember all of that? Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, played. He wasn't allowed to watch Big Thirteen. He had yeah. to watch right, Channel, Channel Eight. Channel Eight, of yeah, course. I, I tell you what, we didn't know there was any other channels. Yeah. For, wow, that's for right. For a long time, because it, our TV was always on Channel Eight at home. 
You know, my dad was doing the 1 o'clock, the 6 o'clock, the 11 o'clock. You know, was, what was his name, Craig? Sam. Sam Latimer. Sam Latimer. Excellent, excellent, excellent history. I tell the story. I've told the story here before. My, my parents kind of married, met and married in New York, and they moved back down here with my two brothers in tow. They came down here in 1951, and they had a TV sitting in their living room until... 1955, when they could finally turn it on because it was Channel 8 that finally ran that antenna up there. We didn't have TV so until 55. up on a big anniversary here. Do you know what the very first broadcast for Channel 8 was when they went on the air? Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Gasparilla Parade. There oh. you go. I just mentioned first it a live, second ago. I just mentioned it. broadcast of Channel 8. I just... And, and, were they over there at UT... Uh, uh, they were set up by on the Bay barns, Shore, actually. Or at the Bayshore? Okay. Yeah. That's sort of I route. think it was Bayshore. Camera up on top of a vehicle, I'm sure. It's one of those kind of deals, real early stuff. I don't know. Yeah. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Yeah. But that's a tradition here in Tampa that we all, you know, we take great pride in. And those of us that are of a certain age remember what it was like when you'd sit on the street and you'd just wait for those pirates to go by to go ahead and empty their six-shooter, their blank gun, and then throw you those blanks. It's kind of fun. They were always burning hot. Yeah. They were. Like, but you didn't care. You took it to well, school yeah, the next day anyway, right? I would say, don't burn your hands. You got a shotgun shell from one of those little cannons. That was Remember cool. those cannons? <laughs> wow, those things were kind of loud. <laughs> well, so let's, let's talk a little mechanics. Let's talk a little bit of nuts and bolts. Let's talk and inform our... And let me remind everybody, if you'd like to join in the conversation today, if you've got a question for us, now's your time to ask. 813-239-9663. Email DJ at WMNF.org. Text us at 813-433-0885. Craig Latimer is here to answer your questions. We're talking all things elections. How important is this election coming up, Mr. Latimer? We've got several elections coming up. Yes, all all of them, Um, Mr. Latimer. You know, we've got three uh, countywide elections coming up this year, the first one being the presidential preference primary election. This will only be for Republicans. There's not going to be a Democratic uh, primary, presidential preference primary. They've already uh, moved Joe Biden forward as their nominee. So there will be a Republican uh, presidential preference primary. That takes place on March 19th. Coming right up. Of course, have two weeks early voting before that. And this is a time you need to remind people that if you vote by mail, you need to make sure you request that vote-by-mail ballot. The legislature in the last session, uh, they did away with everything we had on file, that everything expired at the end of 2022. So you need to request that vote-by-mail ballot, and you can do that by calling our office, 813-744-5900, or go to votehillsborough.gov. And whatever county you're in, go to your county supervisor of elections website and you can order that vote by mail ballot that's very important this scrubbing was statewide it's, yeah yeah we should I mean, be clear on that this is not just hillsborough yeah. county this is everywhere we all had, 67 counties we had well over uh, 200,000 people voted by mail in the 2022 election and all those are gone um and Present the, company the reason for that too is that the legislature also now requires us to when when you request that vote by mail ballot, you have to give us a Florida driver's license number, Florida ID card, or the last four years social, whatever we can match up uh, with our files. So they they put the hoops right squarely in front of you. Task now your office and every other supervisor of elections mm-hmm. office to to do all of the the heavy lifting, right? Yeah, and it's been you know I mean we had right after the the beginning of 2023 we had city of Tampa election and runoff. So all those people had been wiped off the rolls, the, the vote-by-mail rolls, so they had to all, we had to get the word out. And uh, Jerry, matter of fact, did a fantastic job with that and got the people to do it. But it's, I tell you, it's really, it's interesting. I, I spoke to a group yesterday, 
of, of future leaders. And I was talking about this to him, and I said, you know, go online and do it. And, you know, this young lady came up to me. She says, I did it while you were talking. Mm, <laughs> How beautiful that. is that? So, Craig, I know that you um, at least once a year go up to Tallahassee, right, with your fellow uh, supervisor of elections and, and see what's going on in Tallahassee or uh, lobby uh, to the extent you're allowed to lobby. I'm not really sure. You we can, advocate. We advocate. Yeah, advocation. But when the legislature was changing that law to require everybody to come back in, you know, did, did they express some logic? What, what was the logic behind it? Yeah, you know, John, there's politics and elections. I run elections. Mm-hmm. Is that it? So is that is that, is that no, the short, that, that's that's short that's suite no, of it? I, I said that was no comment. Our, down in our association, um, you know, endeavors very hard to make sure we're getting good legislation that's going to benefit the voters, uh, and that's you know that's our main goal. Well, let me ask the question a different way: Did your organization support this statute that that changed the law and now makes people come back every you know every election and request uh, absentee ballots? You know, this has changed several times. Back in 2012, the exact same thing happened, and they took it back. It's also only good for one election cycle, one general election cycle. It used to be two general election cycles. Mm -hmm. So in, in 2012, they changed that. In 2013, they came back and put it back to two general election cycles again. Uh, so, you know, it's kind of a fluid situation. It just depends on, I guess, which way the wind's blowing. And to whose advantage it might just end up being... To their advantage, I guess you could say. Well, that's, that's my other quote that I'll leave you with, Mario. Please. Never lose sight of the fact that election law is made by people elected to office. <laughs> we got to ring a bell on that one. Because if you're listening and listening between the lines there, you, you kind of know the fix is in, right? It, uh, to, the victor goes, uh, to the victor goes the spoils, and it's he who wins gets to rewrite the history or write the history, as it were. So, yeah, there's, there's that whole grab. There's that whole power cycle grab. And, boy, are we seeing it. Uh, in full flower right about now. I think on the national scene, certainly, uh, we're seeing it play out in all of its goriness and uh, and locally. But but Florida is, is a unique animal unto itself. And Hillsborough County within the state of Florida is also unique. I've always found that, you know, growing up here as we did, Hillsborough County was always kind of an oasis of blue surrounded by a sea of red. But it was never as as acrimonious as it is now. It's never. It was never as you know. We just knew that certain counties in the city, in the state, leaned a certain political way. And now we find that it's kind of getting muted, mutated. Can you can you speak to that to the numbers? Yeah. So we're we're seeing a, a shift in numbers. That's for sure. Um, you know, right now, uh, Democrats. We've got two hundred ninety thousand registered Democrats. Republicans two hundred seventy five thousand nine hundred eighty, and then. Uh, no party affiliation in others is 252,000. That's that's a game, set, match right there. I mean, that's pretty balanced. Yep. So and Jer the NPAs are the ones that are, I guess, going to swing this thing. Yeah, Jerry, so what do you do to get the word out? Uh, that's, that's a big challenge uh, because folks, you know, I think for many, many years you thought, you know, okay, I'm, I'm going to get my uh, ballot by mail, you know, uh, because I did the last time. So that's changed. What do you do to get the word out? Yeah, well, you know, go on to radio shows, but not everybody listens to the radio, you know, so. But they we, should, Jerry. <laughs> I know, exactly, right? But, you know, what we have to do is reach people in all different ways. With the um, information about Vote by Mail, we started by sending postcards back in December of last year. So because we had the city of Tampa election coming up, then we sent a notice that the 
for people to let them know that their vote by mail uh, request had expired. How's the response when you send out postcards and that sort of thing? We, you know, the postcard, we got a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, like 55,000, which was good. Um, and then with the notice, we sent it by email and by mail. And that we started seeing, you know, the calls started coming in. It's so easy. You know, you can go on our website in two minutes, like Craig said, or you can call our office and you could request your mail ballot. It's so fast and easy. Maybe you should have a raffle or something. Right? Can you you offer prizes? (laughs) Unfortunately, we can't. No, we do. We we give you the right to vote. Exactly. And make sure we're going to count it. There you go. Because <laughs> all votes count. Because everybody, listen, we talk about it here almost every week ad nauseum on the show. Democracy, as it is, is a full-on participatory sport. And say what you will about the, you know, the complications that come with it. It the, the only the only the only uh, battle that we can forge is in, in, by by voting. Right. That's the only way that we're going to express ourselves. And people are getting more and more disenfranchised every year. This has been a phenomenon going on I for heard, a long time. I heard that in Australia, they they mandate voting. They, they do. do. You get fined if you don't vote. Yeah, we love that. That's kind of fascinating. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. We love it. And why can't we <laughs> have that? But and, they, and, do, they, probably give, they probably give you a beer when you go vote. Of course they do. And a national holiday <laughs> would be also something that we would, you know, we, we celebrate everything else. You know, Super Bowl Sunday is like, you know, everything shuts down, whatever. So can't we just... Lobby for a national holiday. We do have a caller. So, John, if you'll do the honors. All right. We'll give it a try. Let's go. All right. We have... Looks like David from Sarasota. David, are you there? Are you with us? David. Yes, I am. Hi, David. How are you guys doing? Good morning. Yeah, my question was, in, in mail-in ballot, how do we actually know that your ballot is being count- has been counted? Wonderful yeah. question. Yeah, that's a great question. So... Uh, I can and tell is you, it differed it, Sarasota versus Hillsburg? Because he's calling from Sarasota. Yeah, no, I, I know he's calling from Sarasota, and he's got a great supervisor of election in Ron Turner down there. Uh, but when you, uh, you, you, first off, you have to be a registered voter to request a vote-by-mail ballot. You get that vote-by-mail ballot, and you're actually able to track that ballot back to my office and back to your supervisor's office and also be notified when your ballot is counted. And I say that because... In Florida, we could actually begin processing and tabulating vote-by-mail ballots 22 days before the election. So that's why election night, the first results we put out are the vote-by-mail we have up to that point and all the early vote, which is roughly good 60, sample 65 size. to 70% of our votes. And uh, that's why Florida really stood out in the 2020 election because we had all our results out. You know, By 930, I think every county in the state had reported uh, in some states, like I think it's Pennsylvania, they can't start counting their vote-by-mail ballots until after 7 p.m. on election night. Hmm. Uh, you know, we had over 700, well, we had 347,000 vote-by-mail ballots, I think, that year. So, yes, yeah, so, um, your, your, ballot, your ballot is being counted, I guarantee you And you that. can track they're, it. They're verifying your signature on that envelope when you uh, turn it in. If there's a problem, they're going to be contacting you because there's a remedy to... Uh, to take care of your signature, and then that is going to not only be counted, it's going to be one of the first ones counted and reported. Hey, David, did you have concerns? Did you have doubts that your ballot was not counted? No, I was, I was just curious of the way that worked. The and, mechanics. Uh, I'm sure they're doing it right. A hundred percent. You know, the other thing, too, uh, Dave, just to let you know that, and this is every county in the state, we have to send to the state a list of everyone that has requested a vote-by-mail ballot, and they distribute mm-hmm. that to the parties. 
And then additionally, when that person's ballot has been cast, a vote-by-mail ballot has been cast, we also have to furnish that information to the state, and they give it to the party. So there's a lot of checks and balances in there. Uh, the numbers that, you know, easily add up. That sounds like it's a, a good, safe system. It is. Thank you for your answers. Hey, Dave, we appreciate the call and uh, appreciate you listening. Have a good day. Thank you, David. Thank you. Bye, guys. So, so you know, you probably know, have your your pals in uh, who are also supervisors of elections. Is it? Uh, do you guys kind of know each other by uh, geography? Like, you know, you're going to know Pasco and you're going to know Polk and all the counties in Sarasota, Manatee, all the ones that are close to you. But do you also have affiliations and friendships with uh, with those down in South Florida or North Florida? Yeah. So um, we're a large county. We've got over eight hundred eighteen thousand voters. And we've got a group that uh, any county that has over 250,000 voters, we actually meet quarterly. Uh, We also meet as a supervisor of elections, our association, we meet annually, uh, twice actually a year. Uh, So, you know, there's a a lot of uh, back and forth. Right. And, you know, we're all all about best practices, too. You know, that's the one thing I love about. So you share information with each other. Yeah, the large county group is that, you know, how are you going to handle this? How are you going to handle that? Have you seen this before? Uh, so it's just it's a great exchange of information and and trying to continue to you know move best practices forward throughout so going, the state. Going back to the Tallahassee question, and I won't put you on the spot, political on the political side. But what are there some bills pending uh, right now that you know you obviously you have to watch because you have to respond, you have yeah. to react. Um, you know, if, if that, and when they pass those bills, there's there's a couple of them that are out there. But you know, it's like I tell people: just remember, session just started. Mm-hmm. You know, some of them literally, don't have companion literally. bills. You know, some of them aren't going to a committee, and yeah, that's what you know. We talk about the the three months of uh, legislative session is the scariest three months of the year because <laughs> uh, you never know what's going to happen. But yeah, there, there's some bills, but they're early. Um, and in our association this year, is we're kind of trying to urge. Um, you know, hold harmless, let's don't do anything. We've got three big elections, you know, coming up this year. Do you have um, a paid advocate in Tallahassee uh, watching the bills and, and we, we do. St- helping you steer do. the bills? Our, our association does have a, uh, a lobbyist mm-hmm. in Tallahassee. And is that, is that state, you know, each county has their respective or does one? No, no, we have, we have one for the association. Okay, yeah. okay. And do you... I just, some, some of the larger counties do have... Um, you know, they're governmental affairs people that are also uh, keeping an eye keeping on Keeping an eye on things. things. So, yeah. Do you feel, uh, this is just on a personal side, do you feel kind of like the weight, uh, Craig, of this, you know, of all things supervisors of elections and how we know that elections are, you know, under attack in this country? And, I mean, literally that we, you know, we may be on the precipice if, if we reelect a certain monster to, to Washington, that, you know, elections might be the thing of the past. Do you kind of feel... Like, you you know, when you're going to work, you're buttoning up that gin strap. You're making sure you've got your cup yeah, on. Yeah, you know, the... Uh, it's the first reference to a cup on this show. For, was, for, yeah. for those so, of you that, are, that know anything about athletics. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. Thank you, Craig. Um, you know, that that's one of the, the reasons why we constantly are, are trying to go out and uh, talk about elections to give people confidence in the election process. You know, we're dealing with a tremendous amount of misinformation, disinformation, uh, outright malinformation, too. Almost daily. And that's why, you know, we try and urge people, get your information from a trusted source. I hate to break this to some people, but social media is not always a trusted source. <laughs> and, um, you know, that's why we've endeavored to get the .gov URL on our uh, our site. And we've got some great information out there. I, I encourage people all the time, go to our website, votehillsburg.gov, sign up for our monthly newsletter. 
There's a tremendous amount of information in there. Tremendous amount. Uh, and it's and it's good information and real information. Uh, you know, it's going to tell you when the elections are, when you have to be registered to vote. You know, Florida, you've got to be registered to vote 29 days before an election. Thank you. That's such an important and, fact. Or, Say that again, Craig. Or change your party affiliation. 29 days. Before each, you know. Yeah. 29 days before, before the election. Before you go to the polls. You have to be registered by that time. You know, you talked about uh, loss of confidence. And I, I think, I mean, I can trace it back to 2000 and the hanging chads. Oof. Um, maybe it was happening before that. I'm not really, I can't really. I was in high school then, John, yeah, I so know, I can't I know, help I know. you. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Jerry was, but, you know. Um, but anyway, um, you know, we made it through that period of time. Uh, I think there were some technical problems back then. Pam Iorio was a supervisor uh, back then, and she did a great job, uh, really uh, tremendous job, um, I think, getting us through that period of time. And then um, I can't remember who was in between, but but anyway, t- let's talk about voter confidence. Um, yeah, you know, so what are you hearing when you're out on the the rubber chicken circuit? And so, and, and that's a that's a great point. Um, you know, we hear a lot of the the chatter that's going on out there right now. Like right now, one of the big things is that uh, we should only have one day of voting, and then hand count the ballots and have the results by nine p.m. that night. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. Let's make it as difficult as possible, <laughs> shall we? Well, I mean, you know, an the example I use there For was everybody, even a the small workers. county in, in Nevada had 352 ballots. They had several items on the ballot. They decided they were going to hand count them. It took them over eight hours to hand count 352 ballots with multiple races wow. on it. Uh, we have so know, there's a distrust for computers. Is that part of it? I, I guess that's it. I don't know. You know, and and, and that goes back to you know before every election. We conduct what's called a logic, public logic and accuracy test where we take a random sample of the uh, tabulators that are going to be used early vote election day and then the high-speed scanners for vote by mail. We run what's called a test deck through it. We know what the, the results should be. And the logic is it can see every single place on that ballot where a vote can be cast, be it a write-in, a referenda item, a yes-no. And then the accuracy, of course, did it count correctly? And they do. Mm-hmm. In Florida also, after every election, this is every county by law, we have to conduct a post-election audit. And uh, there's two methods you can do that with. One of them is your canvassing board randomly selects a race, and you go find all the ballots in a couple precincts and then have to sit down and hand count them. And again, you're back to, you know, you need to count that again. That's wrong. Mm. Uh, the other way is with an electronic audit system that's certified by the state, and that's what I do. And I'm required to put 20% of the precinct ballots through this audit system. I put 100% through the audit system wow. here, here. to prove that our tabulation system, in fact, has counted correctly. Well, let's talk, to let's, prove that we ain't playing around. Let's talk about the tabulation system for a second because I've heard people have concerns about it. It's my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, Craig, that, that those tabulators are not electronically hooked to anything outside the building, correct? I mean, That is correct. They, you plug it into the wall, but it's not... They don't. They're not wired in. Bluetooth. They're not. They're not connected to each other, and they're not connected to anything else. The same way with at my. Maybe. So the Russians could not jump in and fix them. Is that correct? Yeah. You know, there's there has been machines that have been hacked before, and it's been in a controlled setting out in Las Vegas, at the uh, you know the big thing they have out there, and they take the, the the different machines and they open them up. Well, you know, our machines have locks on them. They've got seals on them with recorded numbers. They're in wide open places. We don't have somebody with a hoodie coming in to try and you test them before you it. test them after. Plus, don't ever lose sight of the fact that we vote on paper. 
we always have that backup of the paper. Mm-hmm. And, and you we think that's important? And we didn't have the technology back in 2000 when we had that hanging chad, right? So that ultimately when they were able to just call the, the counting off ultimately and give us, that's what got us George mm-hmm. W. Bush. That won't happen today. That can't happen today because we've advanced beyond that. We're going to take a call here in just a second, but when we come back, maybe we can talk about what you might see in your experience around the next corner as to what technology might lend us to lead us to in elections. All right. We've got uh, Greg in Palm Harbor. Greg, you still there? I am still here. Hey, Palm Harbor is in the what house. What do you, what do you got? A, you got a question? You got a comment about elections? Yeah, I got a comment regarding elections. Uh, you know, you mentioned the insane uh, orange clown guy there. And uh, my thought is that, unfortunately, we're in a closed primary state here. And so if people were to change their party affiliation to the GOP and go in on the primary and vote against the clown, there'd be a good chance maybe he at least wouldn't get nominated in this state. And if it occurred on, you know, all states that have closed primaries, which there's quite a few, that would maybe be beneficial. Um Nikki Haley has the backing of the Koch brother. So that's probably the... So I guess in, uh, what you're referring to, I guess, is, is like in New Hampshire, um, y- you, can, you can vote uh, Democrat, Independent, anybody can vote any direction. Is that it? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Or changing your party affiliation to be able to vote against the Orange Menace, which I think if you if you would start that Facebook page now, we would support that. I'm just saying, if 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 that's something that you want to do, Greg, because that's a hell of a strategy. I don't think you're the only one that's thought about it, but it's a no, good one. No, it's been around. It's yeah. a good one. Hey, Greg, thanks for calling. We got another call. We appreciate you listening, Great. Greg. Thank you so much. All right, let's go ahead and we'll just take it. I like it. We're going to take this cold call. All right, who is this? One more time. We got Fran. Hit, hit the, hit the uh, right. air button again. Yeah, I'm working on it. Fran from Largo. Oh, you got me right away. We did. Yeah, we, we we're not you, playing Fran. around Thanks today, Fran. Calling. We're not playing around you're today. We're not playing around. Uh, no, uh, since you're talking about, uh, you know, the supervisor of elections, uh, I have called uh, the uh, elections the people in Pinellas County. That's where I live, Pinellas County. And I must say, that is the easiest calls you ever made. A real person answers right away. There is none of this junk where you have this menu. Press one to speak to this one or press two to speak to that one. You know, all this rigmarole they make you go through. I just wanted to compliment uh, the Pinellas County Supervisor of Elections Office. They, they, uh, they don't make you wait at all. Never put you on hold. Very nice. Craig, who's Thanks, the supervisor Thank you, thank you, Fran. I taught Julie Marcus all of that technology. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a great supervisor over there. Ring that bell. Taught her everything she knows. Oh, yes. I just wanted to get that out there. They're, they're uh, you know, in this day and age, that's all you encounter is being put on hold, playing music, and frustration. So that's one good thing. Well, Fran, uh, I, hey. you, you, uh, you led me in to be able to say something because I've got three basic rules in my office that I've had since I've been there. And number one, okay. it's follow the law. Number two, it is provide excellent customer service. And number three is always do the right thing regardless of the consequences. There you go. Well, you could teach some of these other places like uh, these drugstores or whoever you're calling uh, uh, those lessons to at least, uh, you know, put, put the customer first. You know, that's that's all I wanted to say. But thank you very much. Fran, thank you, Fran. Thanks for calling. Thanks for listening. Okay. Have a good Bye-bye. day. So, yeah, it, it, because well, if we have one area of, of society where, you know, the, the customer service part of it, the component, 
it, it has to be here. It has to be in the communication between the pub, the general public and your supervisor of elections office because that's where the rubber meets the road. If we can't accomplish this simple task and do it with confidence, again, the democracy just comes apart at the seams. Talk to us yeah. a little bit about, and that's my opinion, y'all, but I, I can see our guests both acknowledging <laughs> with, a, with a head nod. You can't see it, but I can. Tell, tell us a little bit about what might be around the corner technology-wise. You know, I, I, that's an interesting question, Mario, because it's like all the equipment that we use has to be certified by the state, number one. And it is a rigorous and long process. Uh, and there's, you know, other states, they require federal certification also. Uh, so we've, I think we've got a good certification program here, and it's, it's a lot to go through. So where uh, is it? In Oregon, they're talking about voting from home, voting by computer? Is that Oregon or is it I haven't Washington? seen that. No? Uh, Oregon's an all-vote-by-mail state. I do know that. Okay. So there's Love some, Oregon. There's somewhere out there, and maybe it's just local elections or something like that, where they're talking about voting from home, where you can, you know, somehow identify yourself and, um, yeah, there's and vote a, from home. I mean, I'm sure you, there's you guys actually talk a group, about that. There's a group called Vote From Home. Okay. But it's for vote-by-mail. So I, I'm, just, I'm not familiar with any electronic uh, voting that they're talking about right, trying to do. Right. I've got a question for Jerry. And the question is thus. So before, during, or after the period of the vote, right, it, which is the most challenging for you personally? And then, you know, what's left of, of Craig's hair, what, when does he pull that out? You know? <laughs> well, you know, our philosophy in the office is that we are going to plan in advance and then we're going to execute our plan. So we are not hair on fire. We don't hit election day and say, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? Yeah. We're all ready. We've done all of our work by that point. So I like when we're in the middle of it. You know, the planning part personally, you know, that's it's a lot. Uh, but it's important and it's good and it's methodical. Um, you know, you might have seen on Craig's shirt, he's got the Governor Sterling Award recipient that we're very proud of. And that was something where we had people come in and look at our office to see if we were setting goals and benchmarks and if we and how we were meeting them and that everybody in the organization was doing that. So we got this award for performance excellence. So that's really what's behind our office and it's a good place yeah, to work I get, because I get of people, that. you know, election day or the day before I'll run somebody like, Whoa, I bet you're really busy. No, not really. We were busy four months ago when we were preparing for this, but right now We've got everything in place. The training's been done of our 2,200 poll workers. We've got our 290 polling sites are all ready to go. The equipment's out there. The ballots are there. Everything's good. So My, my, parents, my parents used to participate in this for I, the better part of maybe even 15 or 20 years. I know that as they got closer to their retirement age, my mom was a precinct uh, captain, right? She'd be the one that would log all the numbers and make sure the machines. And my dad had the, uh, the high honor of putting that sticker on your lapel when you walked out the door. So they both did it with great pride. And we have nothing but Tampeño love and pride for you for the work that you've been doing for our community for all these years. It's all buttoned down. And it sounds like, Jerry, that it's not unlike uh, a professional, using this analogy, sports team that does all the pre, that, you know, you pre-plan your game. So when the game, when it's time, game time, they kick the ball off, you're executing. Now you're just executing. You do the post-mortem afterwards, you know. Did we lose? Did we win? How could we be better? But... It sounds to me like all of this is done beforehand so that you don't have to be well, going crazy. You, know, you mentioned earlier the Super Bowl, right? And, and I actually use that as an analogy that we're a lot like a Super Bowl. Um, you know, we've got to send invitations out to people. We've got 290 locations around the county that people are going to show up to. 
uh, to, you know, be involved in this. Uh, early voting lasts for two weeks prior to the election, so you've got two weeks of uh, events that you're staging right, there. Right, right, right. And then the when, the, when the main event comes on election day, you've got to have your people trained in place, ready to greet voters so that they have a good experience and all your equipment and everything is ready to go. Yeah, and, That's and, wonderful. and as I look at you and think of you, Craig, I think of the GOAT, the greatest of all time. There it know? is. There it is. And, <laughs> and, and, listen, and yes, we're going to ring a bell on that. Of course we are. On a, on a serious note, you mentioned about the poll workers, and we, and we love the poll workers. Man. You couldn't operate without them. Correct. Um, to more than more than 2,000. Have over over the years, especially the last, let's say, eight years, have they expressed concern? Or is there any alarm about security, about their safety? Um, because people, you know, maybe are getting a little hotter and and a little uh, more steamed up about uh, elections and you know and that sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, and and um, and we do talk about it. We talk about it a lot. Uh, we also now uh, offer de-escalation techniques to our poll workers, so that you know if there is some some heat rising in there. But you know we're kind of fortunate in Florida too. You got to remember, number one, we don't have open carry, so we don't have people with long arms strapped across their chest walking around outside. Um, we also spread our voters out across the three methods of voting. The only people allowed by law in a polling site are my election workers, poll watchers, and voters. So if you're not one of those three, you, you have no even, business being. You can't there. even come in. Um, and you know, I belong to a national group that's called the Committee for Safe and Secure Elections. It's made up of some top law enforcement officers around the country and election officials. And uh, we've really worked hard on this to try and, and really bridge the gap of making sure that election officials and law enforcement officers are talking to each other. You know, here in our county, of course. Being a veteran of the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office, I've still got a couple of connections there. Uh, and we do have great relationships. So on election day, I have a Tampa police officer and the sheriff's office in my main election service center. I remember um, having um, been involved in campaigns as a candidate several times. Um, when the rules would change about the distance that candidates had to stay from the door... And that I think mm -hmm. that took many of us by surprise because we, it used to be closer. It was 100 and, and it went to 150. Yeah, and it'd get, it got pushed further and further and further out. So, you know, perhaps you have to worry about the tempers of, uh, of candidates as well. Sometimes. <laughs> Listen, the sign waivers. We've all been sign, sign waivers. waivers yeah, yeah, the sign waivers. We've all Mario, we've got two calls coming in. Wonderful. Look, we're going to take uh, Brent from Sun City Center. Brent? Can you hear us? I can hear you. I have a comment and a question. Yes, uh, sir. First off, uh, my wife and I are both registered independents. We've voted by mail for a long time, many, many years. And if you guys hadn't mentioned the fact that we had to go on and re-register, we would have just thought they'd be sending us out the... Uh, mm -hmm. you know, so important. So important. Yeah, that's, that's why Jerry's got a tough job to get the word out. Yep. Yeah, and uh, I guess my question is, why did they change it? Maybe you already spoke about it, and I didn't hear it, but why why did they change it uh, this year? I'm, I think I'm going to jump in and, and answer for Craig because I sort of asked him that question, but it it's a difficult question because it was a political decision. And, and, and Mario, in my opinion, it was a political decision Agree. by the folks who are currently running Tallahassee and um, and I don't think there was really any logical rhyme or reason 
um, to to do it. So, Other than just to take an unfair advantage, to just to muck up the system and make it more difficult to 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 vote. I mean, voting is is our inalienable right. As that's a tough word to say, John. You yeah, say that three times fast. But but we, you know, this is what this country is founded upon, and I think you could agree, Brent, that that it's super important that that process be made as easy as possible for as many people as who wish to participate. Not more difficult, but easier. And uh, and I, and that's I what agree. that was all about. Uh, I don't understand why they would do it because you know you're you're messing with Democrats, you're messing with Republicans, of course, you're messing Independ- with Independents, of course, party and everybody. Yeah, so you so, know it's not going to help any certain group. Hey, Brett, I've got a question for you. Um, how long have you been an independent? Because there seems to be a trend for more and more people to be independent. I'll ask Craig about that in a second. But how about you, Brent? How long? Uh, how long uh, you've been in? Probably about fifteen years. I was once a, a Republican, and I got frustrated with that. I, I was once a Democrat. I got frustrated with that. All right. And I, I figured, well, why do I want to vote for somebody just because they're a Democrat or a Republican? I want to vote for somebody that I I think can do a good job, whether or not they are Republican or Democrat. And somebody who reflects your values. And the only only downside, I guess, is that you can't vote in the primaries in Florida. That is incorrect. Oh, that's incorrect. That is totally incorrect. Yes. Ring a bell on the incorrect. Help me. Help me. Primary elections uh, do have, uh, you know, Democrat and Republicans moving candidates forward, but no party affiliation and uh, independents can vote in the nonpartisan races, which is the judges' races uh. and the school boards. And every once in a while, there's what's called a universal primary, where there's two people in the same party. There's nobody running from the other party, yes, so yes, it'll be yes. decided at that primary election, yes. and everybody gets to vote on that. I and that's a, that's a big misnomer that that's people a big, yeah. think that if they're not belonged to a party— they can't vote in a primary election. And, I appreciate and that let me, correction. Let Thank me say you. this, too. And um, You say you're an independent. That is actually a party. Uh, so I don't know if you're registered in the independent party. A lot of people that want to be a no-party yeah. affiliation will check the independent box thinking that, you know, this means I'm not affiliated with anybody. Uh, but it, it's actually a party. And uh, they they lost their charter a couple times because they didn't do their... Uh, audit to the state they were supposed to do. So I just, I would urge people, if you have independent on your voter registration information card, what you really wanted to be was a no-party affiliation, go online. You can update that and and, uh, straighten that out online. We are getting educated today, sir. Thank you for that. You want to do one more? Thank you. Yes, let's take the next caller. The next caller is from, thank you for your call, Brent, from Sun City. Thank you. Getting a lot of calls today. Sharon, uh... From St. Petersburg. San Petersburgo. There you go. Scared me for a minute. My wife's name's Sharon. <laughs> <laughs> is she in St. Pete? That's the only no. Okay. <laughs> hey, Sharon. Hi, Sharon. Um, I, probably, I probably sound a little different to your wife as well. <laughs> but what I'd like to say is that I picked up on the tail end of the conversation a little while back as I got back to my car. And wasn't somebody saying that we should change our party affiliation to keep the, the orange person out of the race? We, we had mentioned that there was a caller that called in that yeah. said that uh, that was a strategy that, has, that he's employing, that yeah. he thinks that maybe other people might be employing as a means of blocking, simply because if you change your party affiliation intentionally, which there's no reason you couldn't, yeah. 
uh, just to be able to vote in that primary to vote against the orange menace, then yeah. then that would be a strategy that that's that's viable. I mean, if well, the, if the exactly numbers work, what I've done. There you I, go. I, I I did this about six or eight months ago, and I put it out there on my Facebook page so that my Democratic um, friends could latch on to the idea. I think it's wonderful. I think lead I the way, Sharon. Up, but I ended up getting pushback from them. And they were saying, well, you know, I don't know about that strategy, and have you run it by so-and-so and so-and-so? And I'm like, what for? If enough people do it, we can change the course of things. Because it's not only Trump that we've got to watch out for. It's DeSantis as well. A hundred percent. You know, he, he is just as dangerous. Well, Sharon, all I can say is don't forget to switch back after all this. Yeah, yeah, please, please. Is you over. know, well, you can change to Channel 13, but go back to Channel 8 when you're finished, okay? Oh, of course. Okay. Yes. Thank yes. you, Sharon. Without thank you so much. Without Thank you. Thank you, honey, for your call and for listening always. Thank you. That's great. Well, there you go. Words to the wise. I mean, we have to be creative, I guess, in this new environment, this new time that we're, you know, we're challenged and we're pressed and. Wow. As we come to the close of another, we've got about 10 minutes to go. If you'd like to call us, you still have time. Let me give you that number real quick. 813-239-9663. Give us a call now. We're speaking with Craig Latimer, our Hillsborough County Supervisor of Elections. And, and he's filling our heads today with all kinds of wonderful information. Jerry, and, um, how do Jerry folks Kramer get, in, too. get in touch with your office of people Great. who are just turning, tuning in now um, who didn't hear you earlier? And, and why would they want to get in touch with you? Well, you can give us a call. We answer the phone, too, just like Pinellas, 813-744-5900. We also have so much information on our website, VoteHillsboro.gov. There's a video series that shows you behind the scenes all the work that goes into putting on an election, all the work that goes into counting b ballots and making sure that ballot count is accurate. So lots of information there. You can sign up for our newsletter that Craig does every month that's got important information. It's a quick, easy read. So lots Cam of different Campaign ways. contributions are on your website, um, which I, I, you know, personally, I mean, we're political junkies here, but I find fascinating, you know, who's giving, you can see it all the way down to the detail of who's giving money, Very granular. who's giving money to who. Very granular. And I think, especially at the local level, I think that's extremely important. City council, it's all right there. You know, county commission, you can see who's, who's giving 50 bucks, who's giving a thousand bucks. You can see it all yeah. in We're case off, you need to know. Oh, they're blowing up. up. Well, let's go. Let's take these callers. All right. All right. We have John in Port Ritchie. Port Ritchie. Lovely. Hey, John. Hey. Thanks for the show, guys. I got a couple questions about mail-in ballots. Um, first, wasn't it traditionally more Republicans did mail-ins than Democrats? And the second, when did those mail-in ballots become so much voter fraud? That's my question. Like, when was that? You mean is is there is there really fraud? Is that your question? No, no. I know there's no fraud. So first of all, <laughs> I know there's well, there's not a major fraud. There's minor fraud. Yes, just like. What's his name? Divic that got caught dead people signing his petition to get on Rhode Island's ballot. But yes, there's there's minor voter fraud, but no major that overturns election. My question is that I guess more that in this last election, the conservative media screaming about voter fraud and mail in ballots. But past years, when I think Republicans were the majority sending in voters uh, mail in votes, there was no voter fraud. It was a perfect system. And there was no complaining about it either, was there? Yeah, yeah. It was just 
It was just 2020. That Ironic. It's like voter fraud. So All right, Craig, Craig, Craig's going to dance fraud. around some of those questions. He's got an answer for, us, for you. Yeah, yeah no, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to dance. I'm going to take it off the air. Bye. I'm going to soft shoot. No. Thank you so much for your question. Thanks for Port Ritchie calling in and listening today. Yes. Sir. All right, Craig. You know, I, I will tell you that there is minor fraud that takes place. We see that generally with people voting in two states uh, because there's not a national database. Hmm. Um, and, you know, you see also that a lot of these people get arrested. They head up in the villages. They had a whole group of people that were voting in two states that got arrested. Um, we've had a couple around here also. Uh, it, it's not in any way, you know, enough to swing anything. It's not great numbers. I think I've referred like 25 people to the sheriff's office uh, for some sort of voter fraud in the last seven or eight years. That's not even widespread. That's just um, so, an outlier, yeah. anomaly. I'm going to yeah. say three a year. Yeah, and so, <laughs> you know, um, it's kind of interesting the, the, what you were mentioning about uh, the numbers. And, yes, I think that historically it used to be Republicans voted by mail, Democrats voted early, and that kind of started to swing several years back. And we really saw it change during the pandemic. Um, you know, we had we had over 400,000 requests for vote by mail ballots during the pandemic. Wow. And um, over 347,000 ended up, you know, voting that vote by mail ballot. Some of the other people came and in. And then the legislation person. all changed. Isn't it, wasn't that ironic? Yeah, too? so, you know, that's, uh, you know, goes in, in waves and cycles. So like I mentioned before about how it's gone from two election cycles to one and back to two. And now we're back yeah. to one again. So we're going to pick up uh, Carl in Clearwater. Carl, can you hear us? Yes. Hey. Hey, what's awesome. your question? We only have a minute or two. Okay, we're coming to okay. the end. I just want to hear your comment. Um, recently, uh, well, not recently, but anyway, the Florida State Senate, everybody that is in the Florida State Senate is a millionaire. And I am told that half of the representatives are millionaires. Um, I'd like your comment. Uh, yeah, Our I, comment, I, we, we should comment on that? Well, give it a quick comment. I'll Mary. give it a quick comment. Well, it, it's all self-serving, uh, Carl. Th and thank you for your call from Clearwater. Thank you for listening. All of our callers have been from other neighboring counties. Surely we've got a Hillsborough County caller out there. I, I'll, I will opine on that. I, I think that it's pretty self-serving. Uh, I think that those people... Uh, Carl, that uh, make the legislation have an opportunity to take care of themselves and they want to protect their, their own interests, right? So they can't see necessarily beyond their nose or beyond their 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 funding sources' uh, interests. So, yeah, I'm going to vote myself a raise if I can every time. I think that's principally what we're looking at. One more quick call with about four minutes to go and show. And, hey, I think it's somebody from Hillsborough County. David, you got a quick question or comment for us? Yeah, I was just curious. Um, how do you avoid the fraud of like snowbirds voting twice in their home district and, and back in Florida? In the absence of a national database. Yeah, Great so, question, David. Um, Thank you from we, Tampa. Uh, the state used to be involved with a project called ERIC that would uh, match up a lot of that. But what we're seeing now is that because so many states have open public records laws like we do, that uh, we're able to, to find out. And, 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 you know, there's people out there that are actually looking at it, believe it or not. And find somebody that you know registered in one state that voted, and now they're registered in another state and voted also. We've got about three minutes to go. All right, I've got an emailed question here. This is kind of exciting. Qu quickly, quickly. All right. Uh, it says, Craig, how do you make sure the volunteers aren't on the fringe and willing to break the law? Okay. That was kind of cool. Thank you, David, for your call. 
Yes, and, and that's, you know, we've got groups of people in there. It's not just one person. Right. Uh, and they also, you know, have to sign a, an oath and a pledge that, you know, they're there to serve the voters type thing. Do you do any uh, background checks on people? or? Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. We do that also because, uh, okay. you know, we don't want somebody that's... Uh, a felon a or convicted a, felon in there sure with about please call and cast your vote for freedom of the media ring that phone we like that what that's that? that's amy goodman and uh, democracy <laughs> now she's even called she even she listens to down call. and dirty so when you know when that happens you know you've arrived with about two minutes to go craig maybe something that just what's our big takeaway what can we put in our pocket today and walk around tampa with and hillsborough yeah, a couple, couple of things you know number one and elections are important elections have consequences you kind of alluded to that before i would also urge people you know look at these primary elections also in your local races these are the ones that are going to impact your wallet a lot more you know your city council your county commission they're the ones that are in charge of the infrastructure make sure your garbage gets picked up make sure that you're uh your uh, water, when you turn it on, water, real water comes out. And it's not and it's not uh, contaminated or polluted. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And they also, you know, the school board I mentioned earlier, that's a taxing authority also. Uh, so, you know, these local races are more impactful f- to your wallet uh, most of the time than the national elections are. That's excellent. And that's in each and every county, y'all. And we got 67 of them in the great state of Florida. And we're going to make it great again, the state of Florida, that is, because after this whole election cycle is over and, and DeSantis comes back to Tallahassee with his tail tucked uh, firmly between his legs and we can brand him with the L tag, the loser tag as well, then we can start to maybe run some some new candidates that uh, reflect uh, our, our desires to make Florida, all it can be once again. Listen, guys, thank you so much for coming in today. Get your information from a trusted source. And that, and that trusted source is sitting across from me. His name is Craig Latimer. Would you come back maybe as we get closer sure. to, to the time and we can do a little review on this? Jerry, thank you for, for bringing Craig in today and for being Anytime. for being his uh, his right hand here today. We, we are just so grateful for all of our listeners. John, any closing words real quick? Uh, no, this is a great conversation. Craig, Jerry, thanks for joining us. Always good to see you guys, and you're doing a great job. We appreciate it. And and really, a shout-out to all supervisors of, of, all across the state. Uh, it's a tough job. It's a thankless job, I think. Listen in next week as we discuss that fateful day in 1977 when the snow fell here in Tampa. We love you guys. Thank you for listening, as always. Skip, thanks for working the board. Irene, thank you so much for all of our callers today. We'll see you next week, everybody. This is WMNF Radio 88.5.